Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, Throttle Timepieces, Get Shit Done Coffee, Reverend Motors, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, powered by MXP Magazine. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, he is an Canadian motocross legend and expert in his own right and is also his fourth or fifth time on the podcast. He's a repeat offender hailing all the way from Ontario, Canada. Chris Pomeroy, how's it going, Palms? It's going good. Um, I appreciate your kind words in your intro for sure, but uh, no, everything's good here. Um, you know, Ontario is, uh, it's Ontario, man. We've had some good weather. We had a kind of a slow start to spring, but um you know, it feels like at least the last week that uh, that summer's here and uh, good things are happening. Absolutely. Uh, summer had some ignition problems here in Winnipeg as well, dubbed Winter Peg because that's what we're all about here. But spring has certainly sprung. I'm looking outside to a beautiful day somewhere near uh, highs of uh, 18, 19 degrees. Uh, that's uh, somewhere in the high 60s if you're from the you're listening from the states right now. And uh, absolutely, my friend, you are in my at least in in my eyes, the pod, this podcaster's eyes, a legend within the sport of motocross because the first race that I ever went to was 1999 Grunthal where uh, I believe yourself uh, did battle with uh, some of the who's who within the sport at that time. Uh, names like uh, Doug DeHaan, Ryan Gauld, uh, Darcy Lange, and, uh, and, and, and Brad Hagseth. Uh, you were in the mix as well, um, and, and that, just, that, that just creates uh, a level of lore that uh, can only be matched uh, by uh, the heroes of a young kid that uh, got absolutely uh, taken away by a be- the beautiful sport of motocross. So uh, you've, you've earned that distinction. It's yours to keep, and, uh, and that's why we bring you on today, uh, powered by MXP Magazine, to, uh, to talk about the Triple Crown series that kits kicks off this weekend in Kamloops. Um, you're, you're the guy who, who really has his pulse on the sport uh, in Canada. Uh, you've been in it for a long period of time, both as a racer and someone who uh, who follows it and and, and reports on it. Um, and that's exactly why um, this has been a, a little bit of an annual thing. We've done this before. We sort of go through uh, some of the heavy hitters in the classes, as well as uh, what we're looking forward to seeing in the series. Well, I mean, again, thank you. I do, uh, I do feel very, very fortunate um, that I'm able to come at you know things like this and from many different angles. You know, you mentioned the the racing part of it. Um, you know, the 1990s were kind of my jam. I mean, I turned pro at the end of '89 and then um, you know raced all through the '90s until uh, 2001. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we were able to 
to come out there to Grunthal and then put on a, a show for, for you at the time, you know, being a young kid. And, um, honestly, that was one of my, uh, my favorite tracks to race on. I mean, the, the track prep was good. It always seemed like, you know, I remember it kind of being, you know, kind of have that feeling of being, you know, middle of perhaps nowhere, but, um, for whatever reason, it always seemed to have great, uh, fan attendance and, um, you know, evidently you were one of the lucky fans that were there. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good, uh, good time, not just racing in the nineties, but, um, you know, and particularly racing in Manitoba. I know I had a, a few times racing, uh, I had, uh, I mean, maybe I was one of the unlucky ones, but, uh, to race the Austin track a couple times in the early nineties, which, Legendary. uh, Oh man, I mean, I drove when I, uh, I guess 2019, I believe the last time that the series went, uh, the triple crown series went across Canada and they raced at, um, McNabb's track. That's right. Um, I drove through from going from Winnipeg out to McNabb's. I drove through Austin and, uh, wow, that, uh, it just brought back, (laughs) just kind of almost cringed. I think I started to get, uh, arm pump and started to get sore and tired again. Cause just the memories, uh, the emotions of, of racing that try. I raced it two years in a row and, uh, man, it was, uh, memorable for memorable for, for a lot of reasons. So, um, yeah, but, uh, no, I, uh, you know, I can, like I said, I'm fortunate, uh, the racing part of it. And then, uh, as my current job with, uh, as editor at MXP magazine, I'm able to, uh, you know, be in constant contact with, with a lot of these guys that are racing this weekend in Kamloops. Um, so yeah, you get a real sense, uh, just from talking to them, you know, I mean, I, I get it. You're, you're a rider. You don't want to give away too much information and I understand that, but, um, you know, you can kind of read between the lines sometime and, uh, get a real feeling for, for what they're thinking. And, um, you know, how they're feeling heading into this weekend. Absolutely. And yeah, I could definitely connect with that visceral reaction of just even driving past Austin. Uh, I raced it as a youngster on an 80, which when you're going through those sand rollers, basically just feels like you're going through sand dunes that are endless. Uh, your tongue caught in the sprocket and you raced there two years uh, in a row. We would race there uh, almost on a monthly basis because I think the first time I was on the series, we had an 18 round series where uh, Austin was featured three different times, uh, both Austin 1 and Austin two uh one track was a little bit deeper than the other uh but you're exactly right the the triple crown series is upon us once again there's a lot of excitement going around people holding their cards close to the vest and and you at mxp magazine do a great job of sort of reading those tea leaves seeing who's got that uh the the body language and the the tonality in their voice to let you know that uh they're expecting big things this weekend and i think i speak for a lot of canadian motocross fans when uh, i'm ex- uh, say that i'm excited for things to look like they've gotten back to normal after basically two years under the shroud of essentially racing uh, only on the east coast Uh, we are going coast to coast Uh, they'll be in a ton of different provinces obviously starting in BC then to Drumheller and then to a brand new track in Pilot Mound here in Manitoba the first time they're hosting a national Um, 
you're excited about this series. I'm excited about this series, and um, I think we've got some we've got some heavy hitters to talk about later on. But uh, when it when it comes to uh, taking on the challenge of racing this series, uh, teams are, are really up against it. it. It's a it's a this is a vast country with a lot of highway to stretch, and uh, and you had mentioned off the air that uh, uh, especially due to some uh, the the travel expenses this season, maybe the hot, the the toughest mountain to climb uh, for some of these teams out there. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's tough to, you know, to talk about that aspect of it. Um, you know, I, it's like everyone's experiencing, you know, record gas prices and inflation. And just every time you go to the store, things cost more. And, um, you know, it's not like we're we're making, you know, more money to match. So, um, yeah, but I mean, as far as going racing, um I can't even imagine, you know, being a, a team manager, um, you know, someone that's got to sit down and, and come up with budgets and, um, you know, you kind of, you know, years past, it's, it's kind of been, you know, maybe standard, you know, a thing, a few things go up and down, but, um, you know, to sit here the last couple months as we've watched, you know, gas just keep going up and up and up, um, you know, the added costs, it's just, it's mind boggling. Right. And, um, so yeah, on one hand, like you said, it's exciting that, uh, that we've, we've come through the last two years of COVID and, um, you know, honestly a big, you know, hats off, big congratulations to, to Jetworks and the triple crown series, um, you know, for guiding the series through these, these last two years. I know they, along with the, the teams and, you know, the tracks that, you know, the Waltons, the Gophers, the um, Sandalese, the Deschambeaux, all the tracks that, that kind of came on board um, to help. And, you know, it really was um, a team effort and in an individual sport like this one, um, you don't see that every day, right? Everyone's kind of sometimes in it for themselves, but uh, these last two years, man, I think everyone, has pulled together to make a series happen. And, um, you know, I think everyone's thankful for that. And it's kind of, uh, so it's exciting on one hand, but on the other hand, it, it's kind of, you know, sad because here we are ready to go racing this weekend. And there's a whole other different set of problems with, uh, with gas prices and, um, yeah, just, uh, extra costs for everyone to go racing. But, uh, you know, you're still, I think you're still going to see full gates this weekend, which is amazing. And, um, you know, we're still going to see some, some great racing. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah, some teams are going to be up against it. Like venture to guess just what type of travel expenses, uh, due to fuel that some of the teams are dealing with. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, just like all of us, you know, every time you go, put gas in your vehicle i'm i mean pretty much up to to almost double you know what we've what we're used to so um you know i was talking to to one team um and you know one ontario based team and they were uh you know upwards of of three thousand dollars just in fuel um heading out west and um they hadn't even got out of ontario yet so um that gives you a kind of a ballpark um, idea of what uh, of what they're dealing with, right? And um, you know, 
you you know what it's like you're sitting there you know you fill up your pickup truck or you know i do but when you're sitting there filling up a an 18 wheeler with diesel and uh you know it's just taking she just keeps hundreds of liters it's uh yeah it's crazy but um like i said that's uh i guess that's the cost of of going racing and having fun and um you know i hope the you know i hope the teams um and the tracks and the series are, are rewarded with um you know, good fan attendance. I hope the fans really embrace the series being back out West for the first time in a few years. And um, yeah, I mean, this is real. I've written about this a couple of times, but you know, this is the first year um, since uh, 2017 where our national series is both coast to coast, as well as having all races uh, on Sundays. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, we're back across the country. We're back to full Sundays for every round instead of, um, you know, the, the Saturdays. I know they tried Saturdays for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, we're Sundays and coast to coast and, um, you know, we're out West. We're going way out East later in the summer, back to, to river glade, which is a popular spot, um, for the riders and teams and fans. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's exciting. And, um, you know, you just gotta, it's going to cost a little more this summer. That's all. <laughs> Certainly. Well, Hey, you got to pay to play. And, uh, there is few sports that, uh, that, that, that compare in any way to the enjoyment that you'll get uh, out of uh, of grabbing a set of handlebars and uh, and and banging them against your friends uh, out there on the track in those first corner, getting those whole shots and all that. That's uh, just basically a, like a hallmark of Canadian moto, uh, and uh, we absolutely love it. We're excited to see it go back. And the first round is in in Kamloops. Is there any chance that uh, we see some wet weather this weekend, though? Well, from talking to people who live, you know, kind of in that area, um, or even in BC for that matter, I guess it, you know, this time of year, it rains maybe, you know, three or four days um, total, right, in in, in the Kamloops area, because basically, uh, it's a desert. And, um, you know, judging by the forecast, and I mean, you know, we all know how accurate or inaccurate uh, forecast can be, even in this day. In age, but um, yeah, I mean, looking at the forecast, even just before jumped on the call here with you, I looked at it, and uh, you know, for Saturday, Sunday in Kamloops, they're they're calling for you know seventy eight percent chance of of rain. So um, yeah, I mean, we could see uh, you know it could be perfect. I know it's a kind of a sandy, loamy surface, um, so it can you know if any track can take wet weather out west it's uh probably this one so um yeah it could be it could be muddy it could be perfect it could end up not raining and be dry um you know i guess you don't know uh won't know until sunday morning sunday morning it all goes down trip uh, triple crown series 250s 450s uh and i'm sure they'll have the two the uh the premix class uh mixed in there as well uh let's crack things off by talking about some of the heavy hitters in the 250 class uh with returning champion jacob piccolo who basically took the the 
Canadian motocross world by storm last year. Not thought of to be a contender for the championship, but he's got a number one on his bike as he rolls out uh, of the stable for um, for KTM. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think Piccolo's speed surprised anyone last year. Um, you know, everyone <clears throat> excuse me, everyone knew he was going to be was going to be fast moto to moto. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that he was able to, to put it all together and, um, outlast, you know, McNabb and, um, Marco Canella and Darren, Darren Sinai. I mean, he earned every, uh, every bit of success he had last summer. And I mean, I can only think that, or only assume rather that, uh, where you're going to see even an even better Piccolo this summer. I mean, he's on a, you know, factory team. Um, you know, he has a little more, uh, guidance, um, you know, some more people around him. Um, yeah, you'd think that, uh, we're going to see a, a even better Piccolo. The only drawback I could see if you had to, to think of one is that, um, you know, although he's been doing a, a ton of training down at Club MX and, and in Quebec recently, um, you know, he hasn't uh, been behind a, a real, you know, starting gate at a race for for some time. So, you know, is he a little bit rusty this weekend? Um, I guess we'll see. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you get, you know, can you be rusty at 19 years old? I Maybe not, right? He's just going to pin it and go for it and uh i'm sure he'll be good ah the bliss of being 19 years old and just uh just twisting that throttle uh making it happen out there uh same goes for uh, i would consider to be his closest uh challenger for the championship and someone who uh ran the red plate last year Ryder mcnab um is 64 in your program, uh, number one in the hearts of all Manitobans watching this particular series. And, um, yeah, I think that uh, he, he's got a great opportunity to uh, to grab life um, by the bars here and, and, and give Jacob Piccolo everything that he wants. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's, it's, it's Piccolo, it's McNabb, it's uh, Canella, but uh, I definitely, in my opinion, put uh, McNabb in, uh, in at least the two spot. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely, <clears throat> I would definitely agree. Um, I think McNabb, you know, probably like Piccolo will be even better this year than last year. And I mean, it was, you know, it was hard to argue with, with the success that he had last year, right up until, you know, that final round at Walton, um, where he, you know, had a, had a shot at the title and, um, you know, just wasn't able to deliver and, um, you know, but I think it, uh, again, we talk about Piccolo being 19. I mean, we can't forget that McNabb is, uh, you know, he's 16. So he's 15 at the time last year at Walton. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot of 15, 16 year olds that, um, you know, have to deal with, uh, that type of pressure. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we see in this, in this country with hockey, um, you know, kids at that age are, are playing, you know, very competitive hockey, um, you know, on the world stage, but that's in a team, you know, in a team game, right. Where they have uh, other, 
other teammates to rely on, right? Where, uh, you know, motocross, as I said, it's, you know, everyone knows it's a individual sport. And once that gate drops, um, you know, whether you're 20, 24, or, you know, 16, you got to deal with, with uh, everything that happens. And, um, you know, I think McNabb did a great job last year of dealing with, with having the red plate for, for multiple rounds. And, um, although he let it slip a little bit right at the end, I think he, uh, he learns from that and comes into, comes into this summer. Um, yeah. As, uh, as one of the favorites for sure. Definitely. And he's got uh, great backing with that GDR Honda team looking, uh, looking fresh head to toe in the latest and greatest from Fox racing Canada. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marco Canella? Uh, like to put it lightly, I, I think this needs to be a huge season for him. It's uh there's a, it's a pressure year. Uh, there's word of him uh, having an opportunity with a different team and basically uh, going back to uh, the MX one hundred and one guys with uh, like basically a, a, a deal where he has to produce, and I think that he's he's uh, certainly looking to do so. Um, how does he establish himself as as a title contender after a number of years uh, of sort of like a slow build? I think he really needs to take a step here. Yeah, again, I would I would agree with everything that you just said. Um, I think last year um, Marco was was the favorite to win the 250 title. Um, I know, you know, I had him and, uh, excuse me, and Tanner Ward as, as kind of my two, two favorites, just because I thought they're, you know, while they might not be, you know, the fastest from round to round, um, you know, due to their experience level that they would be able to, uh, to outlast the, the kids and, um, you know, make less mistakes and end up, uh, bringing home the title, but, uh, you know, as we saw, that wasn't the case. Um, so yeah, I, you know, this is a big, a big year for, for Marco. Um, you know, no one knows it more than he does for sure. Um, like you alluded to, he, he you know, he turned down a, a four fifty ride with, um, you know, one of the factory teams to, um, to return to the MX one Oh one, Yamaha family and um, because he felt like that would be his best opportunity to win a title. And, um, you know, I, you can't argue, you can't argue with the loyalty. You can't argue with uh, his thought process. Um, You know, Marco's a very, uh, you know, articulate rider. Um, You know, he thinks a lot of, he thinks everything through, doesn't take many chances on the track. And, uh, he got kind of monkey off his back last year with a couple moto wins. And, um, again, like, you know, like I said, with McNabb, I think, you know, Marco's very, very smart, like I said, and he, you know, he'll, he'll learn from, I think he'll learn from the adversity that he went through last year. And, um, he'll probably, you know, figure out where he made the mistakes, how to correct them. And, um, yeah, he's going to be uh, he's going to be good. In fact, you know, it's hard to even pick, you know, between um, Ryder, uh, Piccolo, and Canella. Um, it's hard to even pick, uh, you know, who would be the title favorite heading into this weekend because uh, all three of them have some some real uh, 
strong points for them when it comes to talking about championship. I think you're totally right. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, uh, I'm giving the nod to McNabb. But uh, and those things, those three guys, I think are going to have a decisive advantage, skill and speed wise, over the rest of the field. But there's some guys that are going to have some things to say about it. Guys like Quinn Amiot, Tyler Gibbs, um, like. Uh, as well as uh, Mitchell Harrison coming up from the States, Dylan Rempel, who's an Ontario kid that's doing the whole series as well. What do riders like that need to do to be able to put the pressure on those top three and, uh, and, and, and um, like carve out a, a spot for themselves within this championship series? Well, I, I think the first thing, and I mean, I don't, you know, it's, it's the age old uh, cliche that, uh, you know, you have to get, you have to get good starts. I mean, this, that, this class is, uh, you know, is notorious for, you know, if you start up front, most times you stay up front. And, um, you know, that was one of the, you know, going back to, to Marco Canella last year, that was, um, you know, that kind of his kryptonite. And, you know, he was always coming from behind fast at the end of the moto. You know, he could always at least look back at the lap times and go, well, you know, my last lap was the fastest of the race. Um, but, you know, when you start 10th or 12th or 8th and, you know, Piccolo, McNabb, and, you know, or hole shotting, um, <clears throat> it doesn't do you much good in the end result. So, um, you know, for, for, for riders like, you know, Mitchell Harrison, who you mentioned comes from, comes up from the States. Again, this is unlike, um, you know, we're kind of back to normal where, you know, teams, um, can just go and draw from, from the U S for, for riders without, uh, you know, thinking too much about it. Whereas the last two years, you know, it was jumping through hoops to get guys like Marshall Welton up here and et cetera. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I think Harrison comes in as, uh, as one of the favorites maybe to, to mix it up with the top three. Um, no doubt he's going to have a lot of confidence having raced um, Supercross series. And um, you know, then you move to riders like you mentioned, Dylan Temple, um, you know, Sebastian Racine, he proved last year, he rode some Eastern rounds and he was fast and, um, you know, he's, he's so strong, he's very fit. Um, I think he'll be confident as a member of the, you know, he's Piccolo's teammate on that KTM factory team. And then, um, yeah, Tyler Gibbs on the gas gas. Um, I think he'll be, he'll be fast all summer long. And um, yeah, it's like a, but back to my original point. I mean, you got to get, you got to get off the gate consistently. Um, You can't always be charging from behind, especially in 250 class. Certainly, and, and uh, Lord knows that uh, McNabb will be looking to improve on those starts from last year. Definitely a, a spot where uh, he needed to work on, and I think he's going to do exactly that. Speaking of guys who get great starts, let's switch things over to the 450 class, and uh, there's three guarantees in, in uh, the 450 class for 2022. The Triple Crown Series is death taxes, and Dylan Wright rips whole shots maybe better than anybody in, in the, the whole uh, whole division. Uh, he's car- carrying the number one plate, coming off two straight championships, looking to make it a third. Um, Jess Pettis, Tyler Medaglia, and 
and and Tanner Ward are most likely to have the most amount to talk about it. Also to mention uh, Sean Moffenbeier. Um, but like for coming into an, another season, looking to get uh, uh, like getting a third championship, is that momentum for Dylan Wright or is that pressure? Um, I would think it's. Uh, I would think at this point in his career, I would think it's uh, it's more momentum. Um, you know, maybe last year carrying the number one plate for the first time, um, and also getting uh, you know having a few injuries coming into last last year's series. Um, you know, I would say that pressure was probably at the forefront of his mind. Um, and into last summer, but this summer I would, you know, I think he's relaxed. I think he's taken the confidence that he gained from last fall in the MXCPs and carried it through the off season. And um, yeah, I I just feel, you know, that while physically, you know, he might not be as healthy as as he'd like to be mentally. He's probably in, you know, the best, the best place he possibly could be heading into Kamloops. There you go. Well, he's certainly the odds on favorite. Another one of those top flight guys from uh, the GDR Honda team. Uh, what do you know about Jess Pettis as far as, as his readiness for this championship? Um, uh, a derailment of his Supercross efforts um, with, I believe, an arm injury. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, another injury that he sustained uh, that actually kept him out of uh, being able to do the uh, the photo shoot for uh, for KTM. Um, what, what's the status on uh, on Jess Pettis rolling into the championship? In my eyes, he's um, like the the one one B to Dylan Wright as far as uh, top end talent to be able to ch- challenge for this championship. Where are we at with the number fifteen? Well, I, I think first and foremost, I think he's someone that you could never, <clears throat> excuse me, you could never count out, um, regardless of of whether he's been, you know, riding for, you know, two months or two days before the first round. I mean, I know going back to last year again, he was uh, <clears throat> he wasn't even a hundred percent the week before the opening round at Walton that he was even going to race the series from my understanding, um, just due to his, um, with his knee and it just not, I mean, basically, you know, an ACL injury is, is what, uh, you know, five months say five, six months. And, you know, I think he was just under four months going into Walton one last year. So, um, excuse me, his knee wasn't hundred percent. But you know what? Once the gate drops, um, that kid is is a racer, and he gets good starts. Um, I think actually he led the 450 class last year with with hole shots. Um, I have to double check that stat, but uh, he always was up front, and um, you know I think he's he's one of the few guys that is on par with Dylan as far as um, determination. And, um, you know, he, it doesn't matter, you know, at the 20 minute mark or 25 minute mark of the moto, whether he's exhausted, whether he's in pain, you know, it doesn't matter. He's uh, he'll push 
right to the checkered flag. And, um, you know, I think that's why he was able to, to battle with Dylan and, and even beat him early in this series last summer. Um, and really, I mean, going into round, uh, what was it? Seven at, uh, Deschambeau, the Monday race, um, he was right there. And I, I mean, if it hadn't been for that big crash, that <clears throat> final round at Walton would have been a, a fight between him and Dylan for the championship. But, um, yeah, I mean, Pettis is, I think he just, um, recently got back on the bike, but having said that he's as, uh, fit physically as, as he's ever been. Um, you know, I would imagine he's hungry and, um, if he can find a way to <clears throat> kind of get through these first few rounds in, uh, in one piece, I think he's, we're going to see the best of him in the East. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Dylan Wright and Pettis will be the front runners in this series. Um, the three spot is a, is a big question for me because in uh, in my heart of hearts, I can't count Tyler Mendaglia out. Uh, the guy is ageless. Uh, the number five just keeps coming. He always, he he's a good starter. He's fit. He rides the whole moto strong. Uh, but at the same time, like I can't imagine that uh, that Tanner Ward's not going to have something for him. Sean Moffenbier is going to have something for him, and same thing for for Justin Rodbell. I honestly, that three spot I see being a little bit of a carousel. All four of those guys uh, staking their claim to it at different points during the year. I would agree. I mean, I think uh, I think we're going to see some some great racing, you know, within the. Uh, the top five in that 450 class. And, um, yeah, I think it's up to, <clears throat> to the riders you just mentioned. Um, you know, Tanner Ward's a, a rookie, um, in the 450 class. Um, you know, Moff and Byron and Tyler are anything but rookies. Um, Rod Bell, um, Steve Sims bringing up a Michigan rider who's, who's really fast. Chris Blackmere, um, yeah, Blackmere is another yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be up to those guys to to kind of establish that pecking order throughout the first uh, few motos of the season, right? And that's um, that's what's exciting about you know having the series go back to being you know coast to coast because you know you got different type of tracks. Um, I mean, you think about how much, how different the first three rounds are going to be as far as uh, track conditions. Um, you got travel in there, um, just so many variables. And um, <clears throat> it's going to be up to to these guys to figure out um, how to function best at them. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to see who can, you know, is it going to be, like you said, it's going to be Tyler kind of establishing himself early as that third place guy, or is it going to be, um, you know, Moffenbeier who, you know, he's coming in happier than he's ever been with his bike. Um, you know, or Tanner Ward, who's, you know, first year on a 450, but you know, he's got lots of experience. He's won national motos before. Um, is he going to come out and, you know, lay it down and say, no, like, you know, maybe I'm a little off the pace from, 
from Pettis and Dylan, but uh, you know, this final podium spot is, is going to be mine. So um, you're right. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be an exciting thing to watch. Certainly will. I'm looking forward to it. It all kicks off this weekend in Kamloops, uh, <coughs> rain or rain or shine, whether it's uh, a beautiful weather or uh, or a complete mud bath. They're going to be racing, and it's going to be uh, great with a lot of top end talent. For those who are listening, who are wondering how they can watch, uh, I believe that's the Ride TV app, correct? Yeah, it's uh, Ride TV is the place. Um, it's live um, all day long. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to watch, watch the motos and, um, yeah, if you, if you can't be there in person, it's uh, obviously the next best thing. Absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, not, not too many fans that get to, uh, join the booster club and go coast to coast with the championship, but you can do exactly that with the ride TV app. Uh, Chris Pomeroy from MXP magazine here on the big MX radio podcast powered by MXP Magazine. Uh, thank you so much for making some time for us. I hope that uh, this is, has been informative for um, for fans. And uh, before I let you go, what can people uh, like? How, how do people follow along a little bit closer with MXP Magazine? How do they subscribe? And what can what will they look to find if they head on over to the website? Well, it's mxpmag.com. <clears throat> um, yeah, and um, we've had a, a real change of direction here this last, um, you know, since the beginning of, two, of 2022, um, a new, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a new ownership group came in with, um, with Brett Lee and company from, from Walton Raceway. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we got the same, you know, James Lismore doing the photography. He's our staff photographer. Um, and we've added, uh, Allison Kennedy in as one of our senior writers. Um, we've just put, uh, you know, me, of course, as the editor still, um, Brett's wife, uh, Melody is the publisher. It's just, it's hard to kind of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, put into words, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it feels like a team again. And, um, as you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's no different than, then the riders we're going to watch this weekend, right? Yes, it's uh, they're out on the track by themselves, but they couldn't be there without a without a team behind them. And um, <clears throat> it's the same as as MXP Magazine right now. I mean, we got a solid team, and um, yeah, our we just wrapped up our second issue of the year, and it is uh, actually at Kamloops. It's at Whispering Pines Raceway as we speak, um, being handed out. As the uh, <clears throat> riders and everyone families come in for the W can, um, so yeah, the magazines magazine will be there this weekend, and it features uh, Tanner Ward on the cover, which is exciting um, on his new Kawasaki. So uh, yeah, there's um, good things happening here, um, solid direction, and um, yeah, each week we'll bring you uh, you know podcasts, photo reports. Um, race recaps, um, videos, uh, everything that you uh, would want from, uh, you know, to recap, uh, keep track of this Triple Crown Series. Um, yeah, so mxpmag.com is the website. And, of course, um, on Instagram, we're uh, also mxpmag. So, um, yeah, it's a, 
I'm excited for the summer. It's uh, we're going back coast to coast, and um, it starts this weekend and wraps up at uh, famous Walton Raceway, which is also the 30th. Uh, this is the 30th anniversary of the Walton Transcan. So, uh, yeah, pretty exciting summer heading Canadian motocross. Absolutely. Fired up to follow along all season long, uh, kicking off in Kamloops and, like you said, wrapping up in the iconic Walton Raceway. Um, like I said, Palms, this has been awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for giving us some time today. Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and, um, you know, wanting to get my, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my input. It's been, uh, like you said, it's it's been a long time since I was racing on the circuit but um you know some things have obviously changed quite a bit but uh you know the preparation the you know the expectation the anxiety heading into to an opening round i don't think that uh i don't think that changes regardless of of what year or what era we're in it's uh you know the riders will be they're prepared but there's always that little little glimmer of uh you know, insecurity as to, you know, just how ready am I? Right. And that doesn't, uh, that question doesn't get answered until the gate drops. So. Well, they'll be jockeying in position, uh, ready for, uh, that backward falling gate to fall, uh, fall backward, uh, as the revs are, uh, are wide open, uh, palms. This has been absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll talk to you in, in two weeks time when we're, uh, when, when Drumheller is in, uh, the rear view mirror, uh, don't hang up just yet on the podcast but for podcast sake let's cut it off right there thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the big mx radio podcast this one brought to you by and powered by mxp magazine this was a great opportunity for us to look ahead towards this awesome summer of racing with the triple crown series i hope you're excited i know i'm excited and it should be a fantastic summer with some bar banging great battles and top end talent all the way through the series. Have yourselves a great rest of your week. Enjoy the series. Go on the Ride TV app and enjoy every single moto, and it's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening, as always.